doing unscalable stuff ended up being the things that helped us scale. I'm Pei Blair. I don't do fluff. I don't do filler. I don't do emojis. What I do is study winners in B2B because I want to know how much is strategy, how much is luck, and how do they win. This week, Devin Bramhall, CEO of probably the best content marketing agency in the world, Animals. The amount of competition they face is ridiculous. There are 500 content marketing agencies listed on G2 alone, and the industry is growing fast. So how did Animals win in such a competitive landscape? In this episode, we'll learn all about the unusual strategies for growth. I think that's a strategy too, like, but one that people don't always think about. Solving unique challenges when scaling a people business. You come up with a perfect process and structure and all that, and then 50 people later, it's broken again. And hear a different take on thought leadership. We're doing the opposite of the HubSpot approach, right? We're going in the other direction. And I drop in thoughts of my own as well. Let's get into it. Devin, there's no shortage of content marketing agencies and and content marketing freelancers and, you know, all these things. So if I wanted to outsource content, there's a million places to go. Yet you guys at Animals, in six years, you're now at 100-something people. So how'd you do it? Yeah, so Walter founded the company in 2015. That's the founder and ex-CEO, Walter Chen. And, you know, he was really good at content marketing. That's how he grew his previous company, which then got sold. And so, you know, he had a bunch of other startups coming to him saying, hey, man, how'd you do that? Thus, the agency was formed. Um, But I think he really ran up against that, like, 18 to 20 person mark where he just couldn't, like, getting it bigger than that. um, He needed help. Then he brought in Jimmy. XVP of growth, Jimmy Daly. To run sales and grow our marketing so that the company could grow, obviously. And then... Brought in Haley and me. Haley Bryant, Chief Operating Officer. Me to run marketing internally, so customer marketing, help with their strategy and all of that. And then Haley to run customer ops, because those were kind of his two pain points, right? It's like he'd gotten there because he was really good at content and he hired some people who were really good at content, but he needed a process around it, right? They were lacking consistency. We needed, he needed people to, create process so that they could deliver a consistent product and a consistent customer experience. So for the first three years, Animal Success was founder-led. Walter Chen had a great network for referrals. He managed the business by walking around, holding the standard up high. But I think that when you get to around 10 to 15 people, that becomes a bottleneck. It doesn't scale. For Animals to grow, they needed to hire more people. But the content quality was inconsistent. And hiring more people resulted in more inconsistencies. Yep. I knew marketing really well. Haley knew customer ops really well. And so the two of us came together and then we saw a bunch of opportunities on the team to add definitions around roles. Like no one really understood what their role was. They didn't know how to get promoted. They just got there and like didn't know what to do. And so they were kind of like languishing a little bit and needed help. So we kind of like gave people a direction. We're like, look, here's a vision for the future. Here's better communication, (laughs) uh, better process. And then what are our standards? What are our first principles of a high quality piece? Documenting that, sharing that with people and onboarding, creating a team and a process around first principles of strategy. And that allows us to really go into every customer, no matter who they are and say, yeah, we can, we can help you. But the competitive challenge, I would say, you know, was still there where 
there's so many agencies out there. Did you make a strategic bet or like a, did you have a particular focus? Like, hey, we're going to double down on this thing and that's how we're going to win and get bigger and so on. It was the product and our product is a service, right? So it's quality of articles, quality of customer experience, which seems really simple, but think of all the things I just mentioned that go behind that, like having dedicated editors, dedicated strategists, and the process for or creating and delivering that service. So we we invested heavily in the product, you could say. How we do that and how we create them has changed. We're still delivering articles, but managing a team of 50, for example, our processes were a little different than now at 100. And we're about to kind of have to change them again because you know when you're delivering on a service product, you're always adding people. My old boss, Walter, told me the other day, he's like, Devin, scaling a people business is like the hardest thing that you can do. I would say the way I've sort of summed it up is that business is a people business. That's good. It's fun. It makes it fun. But all of the biggest mistakes we've made have been around, I think, dealing with people. And like, that's one of the hardest things. And I get it because you come up with a perfect process and structure and all that. And then 50 people later, it's broken again. So you're sort of continuously reinvesting back in the product to make sure it stays good. Anything else you can think of that you did in terms of marketing to outmarket others on, you know, your competition? Our marketing, like for for being experts in marketing, our marketing of our own company has been terrible. Like we have not done a lot. We just don't like our problem statement is different than a lot of places. You should take whatever we do with a huge grain of salt, right? I will say the website redesign really helped. I worked with this like really badass designer and we put something really cool together. The perception of us was elevated when we launched that new website because it's just, it's really hip. I've said it before. The fact that people even know you exist goes a long way. Market penetration is far more important than differentiation. Often I see freelancers on social media recommending Optimizely. They've never run A-B tests in their life. They don't know anything about statistics, but they recommend it. Why? Because they've heard of it. And that's everything. In consulting and in agency business, often you're, you know, you're in the business of expertise, meaning that people need to believe that you're the best. And sounds like you guys double down on quality. And if I now think about content marketing and who is the best, you know, animals for me is number one. I've never used your services. I'm not even reading your blog posts. Somehow I still believe that to be true. So tell me, what have you guys done specifically to make me and others believe that you're the best? Well, one, we write what we know. The blog has been a really, like a really good validation for folks who come to us. I've gotten on sales calls with directors or whoever of content marketing departments who are like, they're like excited to talk to us because they've been reading our blog for a while because we're not writing top of funnel content. We're writing like really deep conceptual stuff about content marketing. Like we're doing the opposite of the HubSpot approach, right? HubSpot's like, I will teach you the basics. This is a beginner's guide to content marketing brought to you by HubSpot. We're going in the other direction, the kind of expert level, like sitting in a velvet chair with our cigars, talking about content marketing. Did that come about organically or was just, hey, nobody's writing about this stuff. This is our opportunity. It was really both. I mean, I know that when Jimmy was here, 
that was his philosophy was like, look, and Walters too, actually, they understood that most of what's out there about content marketing is pretty beginner level. I felt like a lot of content sucked. So that was kind of like the mission, which was like to bring better content into the world. And so there was a, there was a gap to fill. Jimmy is because his, of his proximity to the customer. He was an expert in what our customers were worried about and how that changed over time. And so those two opportunities together, it's like, it's a no brainer. Look, the way we did not, we intentionally focused on thought leadership on the blog, wrote very deeply about what we know from perspectives that other people aren't currently taking. That is what we did that helped our reputation enormously. Even though we don't get a ton of traffic on our blog, it made the people who follow us really devoted, huge fans like you think we're hot shit, whether they even know if we are or not. Hot shit. Being hot is a form of differentiation. I think of this as the Kim Kardashian strategy. You're popular for being popular. Zoom has been the hottest thing during this COVID crisis. It could have been Skype, Google Meet, Google Meeting, anyone. But Zoom became hot, and that led to way more hotness. Being hot can get you some altitude, but remember, it's a transient advantage. It needs to develop into something else. It needs to have substance, like with animals. And then also, you know, having strong word of mouth really helps, right? Because this is one of those businesses where, you know, if someone needs a content marketing agency, they're not going to Google it. They're going to ask a friend who they really trust, right? Or even if they do Google it, they're like, how do I choose? All these websites look the same. Like, so they're all like, they need a recommendation, so really strong recommendation, right? If you think about it, B2B SaaS is still somewhat of like a small, very tight, or it feels like a very small industry, right? It's a small area to float around in. So it kind of elevates it automatically. I also see a lot of your people be very active on um, social is that a strategic effort? Organic. They're just, I mean, that's what happens when you hire a bunch of really passionate marketers, right? They're going to talk. So no, it's really organic. I mean, certainly, you know, if there's certain things we want to amplify, we have a Slack channel where we ask, you know, if they release a big asset or something on behalf of a customer, they'll ask the team to amplify. You know, I think long-term, I will probably make a more concerted effort to leverage that. For me, it's always about where is the need the company is doing well with the level of marketing we're doing currently. And so it's like, I almost can't handle any more demand. <laughs> so it's like, you know, choosing when to use the levers at my disposal. This was something Walter taught Haley and I that I've always really valued is like, you have a certain amount of leverage, but you don't want to use all of that all at once. So for me, it's about being really smart about what I leverage and when based on what the needs are. And if I'm like, okay, well, if the company's kind of the marketing we're doing is working and the word of mouth is strong and there's a lot of demand generally right now. So some of it is that we're just benefiting from a moment in the world. I don't want to pull my other levers. I want to save those for a rainy day. I think that's a strategy too. Like reticence and holding back is also a strategy, but one that people don't always think about because it doesn't sound that, <laughs> doesn't sound that sexy. Mm -hmm. You said being active on social happens when you hire passionate marketers. So is that something that you specifically look for? Like, hey, this guy is, you know, or a girl is uh, active on social and vocal about these things? Definitely not. There are some folks on the team who aren't active on social at all, and they are outstanding. It's not a requirement. We certainly do look at folks' social profiles. 
but we wouldn't rule someone out based on how active they are on social. Because nowadays social is like, it's different. It's more personal. It's more like a way to tell if you're insane or not, you know, than like, are you a great marketer? So all in all, if we have to just zoom in, then the big strategic bet you made was like, we need to have really, really high standards, high, high quality. And then you, you created processes and you're hiring good people and just focusing on the product and list or the marketing and, and, and those things. And this it has worked out really well for you. Yes. Building community too. Uh, how do you define community right here? You know, the network of startups around us, right? And the network of marketers, right? Because even the people we don't hire, making sure to nurture those were like making the hiring process really strong and, you know, trying to keep those relationships, even with the people we part with strong. We've had people leave animals, go work at places that then hired us. The community is, a, it's really nurturing that community and paying att close attention to it. It works in unscalable ways, right? Like doing unscalable stuff ended up being the things that helped us scale, right? Think about it. We're focusing on really high quality and building like deep personal relationships. Like those things seem like they don't scale, but in the end, they were the things that helped us go from, you know, I think we were doing like a million in ARR when Haley and I joined. We'll be at 16 this year or something. Some lessons here. Identify your key differentiators, double down on them, then optimize your business machine to deliver on that promise. Are you faster? Then make it 10 times faster. Are you cheaper? Make it all about cheaper. In Animal's case, their differentiators were better quality and better customer experience. Writing words seems like a easy thing to copy, you know? We can write a better article, says your competitor, and you've also published all your processes. So somebody could technically come and try to do as good quality or better quality content. Is that something that you ever I don't think about or worry about? No. Because look, publishing a blog post about, you know, our the principles behind our process is one thing, but you need someone who can execute on those. And so like, you know, we also understand the way to hire the right people to execute on those things. We also have a process behind those items, like the way editors work with their writers and then develop OKRs with that writer's manager to help them grow in kind of meta ways that support the editing stuff. So like we invest so much in the people who do who write those words. How do you specifically invest? It goes back to process, right? So we have editing team, OKRs are a huge one, very, very big. Managers, the way our one-on-ones are structured, all et cetera. You know, subscriptions too. So things like, you know, we have access to newspapers and information and all that stuff. So like employee perks of various sorts and support systems. Yeah, education-focused stuff. Oh, and we just this year launched a learning and development department. Soon we're going to start our own kind of like internal course, as it were, for strategy, for um, writing. You know, everyone's doing these external courses. We're like, we want to do this internally. You know, you can certainly purchase all that stuff, but we find that like applying our principles to something just makes it better and more easily adoptable. That list will continue to grow, I would say. Yeah. As we're looking into the future, maybe you can tell me a little bit about specific goals or milestones, business goals that you guys are wanting to hit. And maybe, you know, it's three, five, whatever years out. 
then what's the strategy to get there? Uh, the number one thing I'm focused on right now is diversifying our product line. So we have a really strong core product, but scaling that product is, <laughs> as you just heard, a lot of work. I'm really looking out into seeing, okay, where what other things do we want to offer? You know, people occasionally ask us for things like podcasts or video or, you know, it's like, where wh- where's the opportunity for us? The second big thing that I'm focused on is Really good talent is consistently hard to find because we've built learning into our process and the way we operate. We're able to bring people on at various levels and then train them up to the level we want, but there's still a top of funnel problem. And so I'm really interested in two things and to solve that problem. One, I'm interested in increasing top of the funnel with higher quality candidates and two, diversifying the content marketing as an industry because it's very homogenous right now. I'm interested in kind of following a similar path to what engineering has done, where they've created all these like ways for people to become engineers that don't involve going through the higher education system. So there's like boot camps and certifications and all that. You can, you can basically become a rich developer and never go to college, right? So seeing how we can create, like how we can get access to people at the potential stage, like high school or something, find some way to provide an education, train them with an internship and then bring them into work here. So we're getting people like way early at the point where they're like thinking about their future, putting them through a content uh, marketing track and delivering ourselves higher quality candidates. They may not stay with us, right? But the idea is that we're kind of diversifying and heightening the quality of the content marketing talent pipeline. Thank you so much. Thank you. So what were the three key strategic decisions animals made in order to grow and succeed? One, they scaled using the unscalable. They're not focused on speed and low cost. They've gone the other way. Quality of articles, quality of customer experience. Two, they focused on processes. What works at 15 headcount doesn't work at 50. You know, when you're delivering on a service product, you're always adding people. Three. They wrote deeply about what they know, offering a different perspective to what was already out there. They're like excited to talk to us because they've been reading our blog for a while. Bonus idea. It's damn inspiring to build something that's the best. Even if you're nowhere, the promise of the destination itself is inspiring. Don't settle for mediocrity. You gotta be the best at something to compete. That's how you win. For more tips on how to win, follow me on LinkedIn or Twitter.